this is probably, um, out of any text in Scripture that I've preached, um, which I've preached through a lot of text in, in the years that, few years that I've been preaching, but, but uh, this is probably most one, one of the ones that I've preached through one of the most. And I don't know, it's just it's a good text. But man, the whole Bible's good. Wouldn't you agree with that? But uh, I mean, I really like this text. And you know, some people would say I have favorite text and, and this might be it for me. But if you've got your Bibles, thank you for turning to Hebrews chapter number 7. Um, and uh, if you'd like to stand, we'll reverence the reading of the Word of God quickly and read two verses there. Um, there's, a, there's a thought out of this that uh, I want to bring to you. This evening, and I've preached something similar to this before, um, and so some of my people may have heard it, um, some of it, but I, there's nothing going to be the same any time, and this is what God has for me, uh, has for all of us this evening. And so, so we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24. The Bible says, But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Dear God in heaven, we need you. Lord, I need you. And I pray, God, that you would uh, allow this to come out. Just, um, Lord, have you have placed it on my heart. And, Lord, I pray, God, that in every way, Lord, that you would get the glory here this afternoon, Lord. And I pray, God, that if there be a sinner here, Lord, that's lost, I pray you'd save them. Lord, if there be uh, a saint that's discouraged, whatever it may be, God, do your work and do what only you can do. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm thankful for these two verses that we've just read this afternoon. Um, and this is my heart. And we understand when we, I mean, uh, we, uh, most of us heard what we heard this morning. And uh, man, what a great, great truth that was. But I'm thankful to be saved, amen. I'm thankful I don't have to worry about going to hell, amen. Um, but most professing Christians believe that Jesus died, right? Most professing Christians believe that Jesus died. They believe that he rose again from the dead. They believe all those things. And most professing Christians believe that it happened on Friday. That doesn't matter. Um, but it, it, I don't believe it did. But we we know that... From that point, the whole scripture tells us, we're going through uh, kind of giving a consummation of what we're going to get to. Um, but the Bible says that the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, it was rent in twain. Um, and that therefore signifying access unto the holiest of holies, which no man could enter into that in the Old Testament style of doing things. And so there, it signified access to all those who could get in. And what a wonderful thought that that is. Amen. I'm glad I have access to God through Jesus Christ. He is our middleman. He's the mediator. Amen. He is the bridge between. He, he hung on a cross above the earth, uh, suspended between heaven and, heaven and hell for you and I. And thank God that he did. But, but he, was, he was then taken down from the cross somewhere between the third watch and, and between you know 3 and 6 p.m. In the, in the day, what we know as, and his hands were placed, I mean, his, uh, his uh, body was placed in the hands of Nicodemus, uh, as John's gospel tells us, and then um, Joseph of Arimathea. 
was placed in that. He was placed in a in a borrowed tomb uh, that he wouldn't need long. You know all of those things. Uh, um, and he he stayed in there for those three days and three nights. For the Bible says, uh, for as uh, Jonas was in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Uh, and um, then in that tomb, uh, as he was in that tomb, Scripture tells us that he de- descended and he led captivity captive. Is that right? Everybody with me so far? This is a thank God that he did. Amen. Uh, this is good stuff. Uh, we'll get there in just a minute, but uh, and more could be said there. He led the captivity captive. He descended into the lower parts of the earth, the heart of the earth, uh, and then he ascended up on high and sat down. Well, not just sat down at that part, but then Christ proceeded to uh, put the blood on the mercy seat of Christ. Thank God uh, that He did that. And finally, on resurrection morning, on Sunday morning, he very early, He arose from the grave, victorious over death, Hell and the grave. Amen. So we know all that. We understand that. And then the Bible tells us he appeared for 40 days uh, uh, to some 500 people and so on and so on. And I believe that with assurance this afternoon that we can all say we believe those things, right? We believe those things. Those are all good things. They all apply to us, but that's not what we're going to preach on. And so, so, so we understand that. But here's my question. What is the Lord doing today? What's the Lord doing today? Okay, at some point of time, we understand that 2,000 years ago, uh, the Lord that we serve this evening uh, was the same God that went down and led those which were in paradise uh, and preached to those which were in hell, and He did all those things, and He led them captive uh, with the blood. You know, there where the thief was that died in paradise, uh, He led them with the blood and put it on the mercy seat. Uh, All sins were covered from that point, not just covered, but taken away, amen. Uh, And so we understand all of those things, but what is he doing today? What is he doing today? Uh, And I believe that these verses explain that answer to that question uh, in which I would like to see uh, this afternoon. Uh, And so we understand that he's risen. We understand that he redeemed those that were in paradise and led them up captive. Uh, We understand that he's ruling. We understand that he's reigning. Uh, um, But what is he doing at at this exact moment? Well, let's see what the Bible has to say about it. Number one, I believe that what he is doing uh, is he is saving. Somebody say amen there. He's saving. Uh, And now we understand it was pleaded with this morning that the Lord will save uh, uh, all those. The Lord's a whosoever will God. All means all and that's all that all can mean. Uh, If it wasn't for whosoever, it wouldn't have been for me. I promise you that. But the writer of the book of Hebrews here, or the writers of the book of Hebrews, uh, um, seem to express to us that because of his uh, finished work on Calvary, uh, the things that he did on the cross of Calvary, because of that work, uh, um, Christ is now extending a pardon. He's now uh, um, saving sinners. He's doing those things that only He uh, um, can do. But what would qualify Him uh, uh, to save sinners? What would make Him uh, um, be able to extend a pardon to somebody? Uh, um, what would make Him be able to do that? Well, I believe this tells us. Uh, the Bible says He is able. Uh, you know what that tells us? That tells us He's reliable. Amen. Uh, he's a reliable. 
honorable Lord to us tonight, this afternoon. Uh, a friend, I'm telling you, he says, he, wherefore he uh, is able. Uh, um, the, the, the Christ that rose up from the grave, uh, um, that led the captivity captive, that is seated on the right hand of God. Uh, he's the only one qualified uh, and reliable to save any sinner. Uh, and the word able is the Greek word dynamite. It's where we get our English word dynamite. It speaks of power, uh, of one's ability to do something, uh, of the required task which is at hand. Uh, And Jesus is able and He's reliable to save sinners. Thank God that He is. Uh, He's the only one who uh, has the power to save. That's what makes Him reliable. He's a reliable Savior. The gods of the Buddhists in those days, uh, um, they were statues. Uh, and they are statues. And the gods of the witches, uh, um, they're nothing but seances. And, and the gods of Satanists are Satan. Uh, but the God of the Hebrews, He was a stone. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you, that's my God. Uh, He's reliable to save. Uh, He's alive forevermore. Uh, and He's reliable and we can lean on Him. Uh, and He won't fall over. Uh, we can trust in Him and He won't let us down. Uh, um, friend, the Bible tells us uh, um, the many times it says He is able. Uh, and the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3 uh, and verse 17 that He is able uh, um, to deliver us from the fiery furnace. Uh, um, the Bible says in Matthew 9 and 28 uh, that He is able uh, um, to heal the sick. Uh, um, the Bible says uh, in the book of Romans in chapter chapter number 4, that He is able to bring life uh, unto those which are dead. Uh, And the Bible says uh, in the book of Hebrews in chapter 2, that He is able to uphold us uh, in temptation. Uh, uh, The Bible says in Hebrews uh, in verse number 7, in chapter 7 verse 25, uh, He is able to save. Uh, uh, Jude verse 24, uh, and the Bible says He is able to keep you from falling. Uh, I'm just telling you this evening uh, that we can rejoice that not only is He able, but He's the only one able to save. He's the only one. Uh, I'm telling you, in order for one to give life, not only uh, must they be alive, but they also must possess life uh, um, to give to somebody else. Uh, Dead gods can never do such a thing. Amen, friend. Thank God, I'm telling you, thanks for being a God. The God that I serve, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is able to take a sinner off the road to hell and friend, and raise them up and make him a saint on his way to heaven. That's used in our text. This Word tells us He is able to save them. That word save is the word so-so. And it means... To heal, it literally means to make one whole. And that is the literal meaning. That's exactly what Christ did for me. Amen, friend. Thank God through the process of regeneration and justification and sanctification and one day glorification. It extends from eternity past to eternity future. It involves total restoration. Hallelujah. Thank God. I like to read and I like to read a lot of books. But I read a book by a man by the name of Edwin Rushworth, I think was his name. And he said that he was a he was an atheist. He was one who was against the Bible. He was a skeptic. 
and all of his life, that's all that he was, uh, um, but said that he was going to commit himself uh, a one hour a day, uh, every week. He was going to commit himself to this task. Uh, he was going to commit himself to reading uh, the blessed Word of God for one hour every single day. Uh, he was going to do that. Uh, and he said that after one week of reading the Bible, uh, every uh, one hour a day, uh, and said the first week goes by and he goes to his wife uh, and he says, wife, uh, if this book is right, uh, then we're all wrong. Uh, and said he goes and he starts to read another whole month uh, and he gets done with that month and he goes to his wife uh, and he says, wife, uh, if this book is right, uh, um, then we are all lost. Uh, and then he goes and he reads another month uh, and he comes up to his wife and he says, wife, uh, if this book is right, uh, then we can all be saved. Uh, and I'm telling you something, friend, uh, you might be a skeptic of this uh, or a skeptic of that, but I'm telling you, uh, this book is right. Uh, we're all lost. Uh, we're all headed to hell, but thank God we can all be saved. Amen. I'm glad for that. He is a reliable Lord uh, um, this afternoon. Uh, I know, not only is He a reliable Lord, but He's a rescuing Lord uh, because the Bible says He is able to save them uh, to the uttermost to come to God by Him. Uh, and so not just any salvation, uh, oh friend, but it's uttermost salvation. Uh, and that means something to me. Uh, if a man is going to save to something, uh, he must save from something. Is that all right? Uh, amen. And that, that's exactly what Christ did. He saved us from the world, hell, you know, the devil, all those things. And He saved us to Him, to heaven. Uh, and so He rescues us that, we, uh, might re- that He might redeem us. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thought. Uh, and I'm thankful for that. But He saves us from hell so that He might save us to heaven. That makes sense? Makes sense. Thank God. He rescues us from our dead, uh, um, uh, depraved, defiled, destitute ways. Uh, and, he, and He puts us in eternity. Seated in heavenly places. Man, I'm thankful for that this evening. Uh, the word uttermost comes from two words. It means all and it means complete. Brought together and it describes the eternal salvation of one who is saved. If you've ever gotten saved, you're always going to be saved. Ain't nothing you can do about it to lose it because ain't nothing you can do about it to get it and so but nonetheless I'm telling you something uh, he's able to rescue you if you're lost in here he's able to do that I'm telling you he loves you he loves you he loves you and what a wonderful thought I'm thankful I didn't have to do anything to get saved uh, besides believe on him I'm not preaching on a work base I'm preaching the Bible uh, but I'm telling you so we have to believe on him uh, um, they said sirs what must we do to be saved uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and thou shalt be saved uh, I believe you got to believe on him amen D.L. Moody said it this way uh, he said I'm glad that we're saved by grace uh, and not by works because I don't want to get to heaven uh, and sit around and hear people talk about how they got there. Amen. The only way we're going to get there is through Jesus. Can I tell you? So what is He doing today? He's saving, friend. He's saving sinners and He'll save you this very moment. Amen. He's saving sinners. Uh, What else is He doing? Well, He's supplicating for the saints. The Bible says, Wherefore He is able to save them to the uttermost. Uh, I'm seeing He ever liveth uh, to make intercession for them. Amen. Thank God. I feel good in here. This, this. Amen. I'm thankful. The verse is filled. This verse is filled with some of the greatest promises in the entire Bible, in my opinion. Okay, and some of the greatest things. One of the most special promises uh, is the fact that God, the God of heaven, uh, the Christ that died on the cross, uh, is sitting there and He's praying for those who He has rescued and redeemed. 
You think about that. My, my, my library at home is filled with many biographies. I'm sure preachers, preacher, I'm sure, I'm sure your library is filled with many biographies. Uh, and maybe some of y'all's are too. Maybe you've heard many biographies and you've done this uh, and that. But I, I love to read of a, a great biography such as John Bunyan. As John Bunyan was in the Bedford Jail, the Bible's, uh, not the Bible, but his book tells us very clearly that, that John was praying and he would pray uh, and he would pray and how that after he died they recognized the spot where he prayed because of the stained floor with tears and how his knees just went and made a mark in the concrete floor. Now, is that a big deal or not? That man could pray. I read that biography. I read biographies such as Corten Boone, where Corten Boone made herself invisible because she had a Bible and they knew that she would take it in the concentration camps of Germany. And she prayed herself to be invisible and they skipped right over her. That's not odd, amen. That's God, and that's a Chris Hewitt statement too, amen. But nonetheless, I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for stories like that. John Knox, John Knox, um, his testimony was from other people is that he could get whatever he wanted because that was his prayer life. But that's amazing to me, and I love reading of those. But you know, the prayer Lord of the Lord, the prayer life of the Lord Jesus Christ is so much more than that. You think about it. We learn so many things through looking at his prayer life. It, there's not many times in the Bible where it talks about his public prayer life. There's not many times. Matter of fact, I think the only time is in the book of Luke, other than, you know, the garden of Gethsemane. Um, the garden. Somebody help me there. Is that right? Yeah, Gethsemane. So, um, and besides that, and so, but, but nonetheless, I'm thankful he prays for me. And you say, where does the Bible tell you? Well, I believe he's compassionately praying for us. The Bible says, he ever liveth to make intercession for them. The word intercession, speaking of, uh, it speaks of meeting uh, when, with in order to converse. So, so, so that means a lot. It, it literally means to talk to. It, mean, it literally means to talk with oneself. Isn't that amazing? I mean, in other words... At the right hand of the throne of God, I went left, but at the right hand of the throne of God, the Lord is speaking to himself about us. It's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. The saved. And I believe he's compassionate. He's pleading our case before the Father. Compassionately and convincingly, he's doing that. Jesus uh, is praying and interceding on my behalf. Uh, and you know, I think of the words of Jesus as he said to Peter there, uh, and he said, Simon, Simon, uh, all Satan hath desired uh, to have you, uh, that he may sift you as wheat. Uh, but I have prayed for you. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you, if he prayed for Simon, I think he might pray for me. Uh, and man, I, it's interesting to note that that is the only, uh, only time Jesus ever spoke of his own uh, personal and private prayer life. Uh, yet what is uh, a picture that that is given us? The Lord Jesus, uh, the Lord of all glory, uh, the one who rose uh, and resurrected uh, and is redeeming us every day. Uh, he uh, is praying for us. Hey, man, he takes our needs uh, and our names uh, and, friend, our problems, our petitions, uh, and before the Father, and he talks to himself uh, and about us and goes on to God on our behalf. 
Oh, man. Beloved, I tell you, we have one. Uh, we have a God in heaven. And if you ain't serving the same God I am, friend, you need to get him. Uh, but I'm telling you something. We have a God who is full uh, of compassion. Uh, he is so compassionate. Uh, and I tell you, when, when you're in trouble, uh, he takes your name uh, before the throne of God on our behalf. Uh, think about that. Uh, just think about that. Uh, he takes your name before God when you're in temptation. Uh, he takes your name before God when you're in the midst of a trial. Uh, he takes your name before God. Uh, he takes your name before God in all those times. Uh, in distress, in darkness, in doubt, in discouragement, uh, in defeat. He takes your name before God. Amen. That's amazing to me, friend. He compassionately prays for us. I believe that He does, don't you? Not only compassionately, uh, but I believe he, uh, he continually prays for it. The Bible says he ever liveth. Uh, it seems to indicate very, very clearly uh, that the Lord of glory not only compassionately prays for us, but he continually prays for us. Uh, now that's a big deal to me because the writer gives the invitation, indication there that Jesus, as long as Jesus lives, he's going to be praying for us. Anybody get that? As long as Jesus lives, he's going to be praying for us. Uh, you know, I... I guess to put it a very clear way uh, so I can understand it is that tomorrow Jesus is going to be praying for you. The next day He's going to be praying for you. The next week, the next month, the next year, you with me? He's going to be praying for you. Because He's always going to be alive. He ever liveth. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Every day that He lives and every day that we live, uh, we can rest assured that Jesus compassionately and continually prays for us. And you say, preacher, there's not enough time and day. That's the problem. We put him in time. He's not in time. He's got plenty of time, amen. But I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that you could ever do for me is pray for me. I often get people call me or text me and this and that and say, I've prayed for you. And that's one of the greatest things that a preacher would ever get. I believe a saint of God could ever hear. Is that somebody's praying for me. I don't take it lightly, but, but, but if I tell you I'm going to pray for you, I, I try to make the very conscience effort to, um, to do that very thing by writing in my prayer list and doing this and that. But to be honest, there are times when I don't remember all of them. Anybody else with me? Or you just remember them all. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember them all. And I try my hardest, but, but there's times when I just can't remember a specific quest, request that somebody's asked me or this and that. But, but there's never a time when God doesn't, when Jesus forgets. There's never a time when He forgets about it, friend. He's compassionately, continually mindful of our needs. And He takes those needs before the Father. You know, I might forget your name, but He'll never forget your name. I might forget your need, but He's never going to forget your need. I mean, you're getting that. I might forget your struggle you're in, the battle you're facing, the burden you're under, all those things, but He will never forget those things. That's a blessing to me. He, uh, what's he doing now? I believe he's saving sinners. I believe he's supplicating for the saints. And then lastly, I believe he's superior. And the verse shows us that. The Bible says, But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. <laughs> we can't walk away from this text without uh, gaining a picture of the superiority of Christ. 
I mean, his preeminence, his greatness, uh, those things, the writer here, the writer seemed to express to us uh, that he stands all in a class of his own. It says that he's ever liveth. The Bible says, but this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. This man is talking about Christ. Do you agree? This man. Man, I'm thankful for that. It, 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 because he, he, he's got a great place, a position, and a power that's unmatched. Uh, it's unchallenged. Uh, it's unparalleled. Uh, it's unequaled on any side. That's my God that we're talking about here. That's who we're talking about. And there's no man, quietly, this man. There's no man like him, amen? No man, and I believe we're shown that in that previous verse. That just read where it says, but this man, because he continueth ever, have an unchangeable priesthood. You know what I believe that tells us? I believe that this, this, this tells us that he is, it shows us the grandeur of him. Now, it says, this man continueth ever. The context of the passage understanding uh, deals with the order of the Levitical priesthood of the Old Testament. And it deals with that. However, in verse 24, the, 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 cry, the, the, the Lord of all glory is considered uh, the high priest, right? He, he is the great high priest. Um, but but it, it is He who not only lives, but He who lives forever. It says He continueth ever, right? Man, I'm thankful for this. I, you, might not, you might not feel like I do, but I, mean, I thank God for the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Man, I, I'm telling you, he, he, he not only lives, but death to him is an absolute impossibility. Amen. Right? He continueth ever. It's an absolute impossibility for him uh, to die. Just look around at the grandeur of him, though. Yeah. And you know what that word means. I don't have to uh, tell you about that, but he stood on nothing yeah. and created everything. Right? We walk through mud puddles. He walks on mud puddles. That's the kind of God we're talking about here. That's that's, that's Him. I I mean, just think about all those things that He does. Uh, I mean, from the sun uh, to the stars in the sky to the birds uh, um, to the trees. uh, Every little thing, even you and me, uh, and that all come from Him. I mean, we can see the grandeur of God. And you know, I, I, I say all of that to say that the same God that created this world today, the same God that created this world that you see controls this world. He's the same one that has all of those things and anything by this world, for this world, with this world, or anything. He, he, he is God of it. He's creator and conductor and, and carpenter. He, and He does all of that stuff. That's the God you and I serve this evening. You know, you might not get anything else of what I just said, but I do want you to know this. Is you serve a real big God. You serve a real big God. You serve a God. You know, you know the Bible tells us over there in, in Daniel chapter number 3, the Bible tells us that that God that the Hebrews, that Nebuchadnezzar set up, he said, now I said, that that God was 90 foot tall, and I can't remember exact how long, how wide, 12 cubits, I think. So, but nonetheless, 
He could be measured. You understand that? My God cannot be measured. He can't be, me- he can't be measured uh, um, by inches and, and feet and mileage and meters. He cannot be measured in weight and grams uh, and stones and pounds. He, none of those things. He cannot be measured in times and seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. Uh, he cannot be measured with a ruler, a radar, a telescope. Uh, there's nothing that can measure my God. Amen. And, and he's not big enough if he can be. You got the wrong God. Amen. We can, we can see his grandeur. And then we can see the greatness of him. The Bible tells us, um, hath an unchangeable priesthood. And the word unchangeable is, it literally means to not go beyond. Um, and, and in other words, it reminds us that the position of Christ can never be replaced or superseded. That's a good thing for you and I if we're saved. Amen. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Nobody's ever going to be big enough to arm wrestle God. Nobody's ever going to be big enough to pull Him off of His throne. And if He's in control of our lives and we're submitted unto Him, that ought to mean a lot to us. And I'm telling you, God's place, God placed Christ into this position that he's, and no man will ever be able to step over Him. And from the Old Testament, we learned that there was no permanence. Understanding the context. The context of the book of Hebrews uh, is about superiority. It's, it's about the, the, the greatness. It's about how he's... It, it's a book of better things. He's better than all of that. That's what it is. And, and literally, we're here and there. There was no permanence in the Levitical priesthood. Of the Old Testament, there was no permanence. Those who were priest uh, eventually died and had to be replaced thus they were constantly in need of men who would qualify to be a priest they were constantly in need of that however the priesthood of the of christ is forever it cannot be transferred to another and it never changes god help i wish that some of those uh, would get that today because they wouldn't be so steeped in ideology today uh, if they would just understand that what he did once was for all. I mean, just think about it. It cannot be transferred to any other. It never changes. He can never be voted out. It can never be impeached. And He has no term limits. Today is the day of change in which we live in. Everything changes. Time changes. Seasons change. Climates change. Economies change. Governments change. Interest rates change. And you can go on and on and on. But beloved, there's one who will never, ever, change uh, because he can never change uh, and his name is Jesus uh, and he's risen, he's ruling he's resurrected, he's redeeming and he's still willing to do it today Amen, friend. From eternity past to eternity future and all points in between, He will continue to uh, be God. Uh, uh, he, he'll, he'll, he'll be continue to be Himself and all by Himself. He is who He is. Uh, and I've tried to discipline myself from saying the names of the, 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 the other idols that are dead. And I, I've tried to discipline myself because the Bible says in Exodus chapter 23, and in all things that I have told unto you, uh, be circumspect and make no mention of the names uh, of the other God. So I don't want to make the mentions of it, but it, but we come and do that at Easter and stuff. But but like, can I just tell you that they're all dead besides Jesus. 
And them you name, they're all dead besides him. There's none can be trusted besides Jesus. Uh, he's the only one. Uh, uh, but nonetheless, all the gods of this world uh, have a date of life uh, and they have a date of death. Uh, uh, but more than 2,000 years ago, uh, oh friend, uh, uh, there was a man who was born uh, of a lowly mother without an earthly father. Uh, uh, contrary to the laws of life uh, is what he was. Uh, he lived in poverty uh, and he was reared in obscurity. Uh, only once did he cross the boundary of the country in which he lived in. As a boy at 12 years old, he blew the minds of all the teachers and all the doctors and all the leaders and rulers of that world. And in manhood, he ruled the course of nature, friend. He walked on the waves of the water of the seas. Oh, friend, he hushed the sea to sleep. When it got too hard, he made he messed up every single funeral that he ever showed up at. Uh, friend, I'm telling you something. Uh, he was accused uh, falsely uh, of blasphemy by the leaders. Uh, he was mocked by the rulers and the crowds uh, which had pursued him and hollered, uh, Hail him! Uh, Hail him! Uh, and then three days later, they holl- or uh, close to that, later they hollered, Nail him! Nail him! A change of mind. A change of mind. Uh, his death uh, demand, was demanded by the angry mob. They hated anything to have to do with Jesus. He was demanded by the angry mob, uh, condemned to die by crucifixion. Uh, that was a criminal's death, uh, but he never did anything wrong. He never did anything wrong. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Uh, He stayed upon the cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Uh, And it would seem uh, that after that, the world would have heard the last of him. Buster Seaton said it like this. I'm about done, I promise. Buster Seaton said it something like this. He said that every time, the devil's not omniscient, so he don't know all things at one time. Um, But he said that, He said that every time, I bet you every time when God said the promise, that after he promised, the promised seed would come through Isaac um, to Sarah and Abraham. He said, I bet you every time that somebody, some new baby boy was born into this world, he said, oh Lord, here comes somebody else. That's the promised seed. Because he doesn't know, right? Everybody with me there? Said, but then he got over to Isaiah because he knows the Bible. We know that. This is what Buster Seaton said. You, you'd not like him, but don't like me. Like me, okay? Um, but nonetheless, he, he said that. And then he said, it got over, and the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 7, where their virgin would conceive. And said, on a little farther, said, every time somebody was born, he would say, oh no. But said, then a virgin conceived. And he said, he's, this is what he said. He said, baby devil looked over at papa devil and said, we're through now. <laughs> that's true. Because that's how it is, friend. 
it would seem that at that point that all was lost. But one morning, one glorious day, the stone was rolled away. It was not in order for Him to get out, but for us to get in. And it matters, it matters. And He's the risen Lamb. And He went to hell and back to to win the war, friend. And He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And He is who He who was dead and is alive forevermore. Oh friend, He always was. He always is. And He always will be. He's unmoved. He's uncontested. He's unchallenged, unchanged. And friend, I'm telling you, He's undefeated. He'll never lose a war. And friend, I'm telling you something. He was bruised and it brought healing to me. He was pierced and it eased my pain in my life. He was persecuted and it brought freedom to you and I. He was dead and it brought life to every man. He is risen and it brings power over death because if He would have stayed in the grave, we will too. But He didn't. I can't see nothing out of my glasses. I'm just telling you something this evening that that's the God that you and I serve. That's Him. That's Him, friend. And I'm telling you something, uh, in this day that we live in, He reigns and He brings peace to all. He is the peace speaker. He is. The world can understand Him. The armies cannot defeat Him. The schools cannot explain Him away. Um, The leaders could not ignore Him. Herod could not uh, kill Him. The Pharisees could not confuse Him. The people could not silence Him. The devil could not stop Him. Death could not hold Him. And friend, I'm telling you, none of those things will ever be able to do that to my God. Hitler tried to annihilate Him. Right? We know all about that. Tried to annihilate him. I mean, the new age tried to replace him. I, I, I mean, we can look on him. But guess what? He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll not confuse you. He'll not condemn you, corrupt you. And when you fall, he'll lift you up. And when you fail, he'll forgive you. That's the God we're talking about. And when you're weak, he's strong. Man, I'm so thankful. When you're lost, he's the way. My point is, is that he is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time, and every way. That's what he is. And that's what he's doing today. He is saving sinners. He is saving sinners. He is doing all of these things that only he can do. He's the only one able to do those things. He's saving sinners. He's supplicating for you and I, friend. I'm so thankful for that. But I'm telling you right now is that he's superior above any else. You can't trust me. I will fail you. not saying you can't trust me, but you get what I'm saying here. I will fail you eventually. Although I may not try, I'll fail you. But he's never failed me. He's never failed me. And he's one who can be trusted in. Uh, He'll answer your prayer. He'll stabilize your future. He'll do all those things. So what is he doing today? All these things and so much more. That's what he's doing, friend. And I think it's a good day to be saved, don't you? It's a good day to shout his praises. Don't be quiet about it. Don't be quiet about it. 
He'll save you. And thank God he's praying for me. And uh, thank God I can trust in him in any, any situation. If you'll trust this word, I promise you it'll never lead you wrong. Never lead you wrong. And you come play on the piano, please. Listen, I don't know your condition. I don't know your place. I don't know that, but he does. And I um, just want to thank him this morning or afternoon, whatever time it is. Or if you want to be saved this afternoon, you can stand to your feet here all over the building. Man, I sure am glad I have a Jesus. He's on my side. He'll save you. Man, thank God he's praying for me. Prayed on my behalf. Heard the message this morning. Man, hell's a real place, friend. It's a real place. Not a place you want to go. This man's the way. Jesus is the way. He's the way to God. He's our great high priest. If you've never been saved, if you need to pray, whatever it may be,